All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, May 10th of 2023 here. Looking ahead, uh, MLB main slate already going. Good luck to all of you on the main slate. I saw the Yankees had a big first inning, so we'll see how the rest of the main slate goes. Uh, also for MLB over on DraftKings, there's a five-game afternoon slate starting here in about like an hour and a half-ish, and then we have a four-game night slate, uh, two-game NBA playoff slate. We'll see if the uh, Lakers can take out Golden State tonight to move on. Two-game hockey slate, and then we also have the AT&T golf tournament uh, teeing off tomorrow morning, so it should be a fun day of DFS here. Gotta love the all-day sweat with the MLB early slate. It's one of my favorite things. And then we also have the early golf sweat tomorrow. So it should be a fun rest of the week of DFS here. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. It's a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You can post questions live in the YouTube chat or in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up highly recommend it a lot of good dfs conversation happening in the channels each and every day you get to see when uh sims kick off or similar to so you get to see uh we pull in um, underdog tweets so you can see you know when a lineup gets released and then when a concurrent sim gets kicked off so a lot of good information about um lineups and injuries and and information related to the sims in the discord but with that being said gonna get the app pulled up here Looks like we have two questions that came in via support. I'm going to knock those out first. And then it looks like we also have one question in the Discord. So if anybody has any questions, now is always a great time to get those in. But I'm going to get rolling uh, with these first ones from support. So first question says, when entering, say, 80 to 150 lineups, are you trying to get exposure to almost every pitcher in stack, even if they are at a at the smallest percentages, say even one lineup, I'm trying to apply my own process and spreadsheet, then adjusting Saber Sims ownership a little to be either overweight or underweight on ownership at the pitcher and stack levels. I just don't know if I should take hard stands, uh, hard stands and just eliminate certain plays altogether or include them at low percentages just to get a small exposure to everyone. So good question to get us started here. Uh, I'm going to build lineups for the main slate here. I think this question is a little more relevant to some of these like larger slates here overall. So I'm just going to make two adjustments, two projections, and then just let these lineups run uh, while, while I talk a little bit. So really to me, um, it really comes down to a, a risk management question. Uh, what type of player are you? You know, do you like to get really spread out or do you like to um, – or, or do you like to play really concentrated, right? Do you want to take really strong stands on certain teams? Uh, that The answer to that question is really different for everybody. It's going to be different from me to Jordan. It's going to be different from you to another Sabersim user, right? So really comes down to what, what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve with your lineup portfolio overall? I would say that the biggest thing uh, here on this specific question is that if, if you get to a point where – um, you, you finish your lineups, you don't make any more adjustments, you go to fill your entries, and, and you're uncomfortable with with the exposures. They make you uneasy. Um, you know, we, we talk about process over results, right? Uh, so I, the, the, the big thing for me is, like, 
I want to get my lineups to a point where, hey, whatever happens from from this point on, I'm okay with the outcome and and be very process oriented here and not just uh, re redo my process every day based on what happened in yesterday's games. So I want to be very um, just just uh, sure that that I'm comfortable with these lineups regardless of what happens here. So if if that's not where you're at, you know, if you go to fill your entries and and you're like, you know what. Uh, I just, I just feel way too concentrated on, on so many teams and it's, it's making me nervous. It makes me uneasy. Uh, I, I would say go back into your build and, and do something different to get more spread out, to get more diverse. The easiest thing to do is to use the min unique players. This is automatically going to, what it's going to do here is it, let's say we're building, um, let's say we're building 75 lineups, right? You used 80 to 150. I'm going to use 75 here. Uh, Let's say that, you know, we are building 75 lineups and our exposures are making us uncomfortable. The easiest thing to do here is just come in and adjust the many unique players. This is going to guarantee a certain number of players are different from every other lineup in the pool. So by setting this to uh, four, it's going to say like, hey, you know, every lineup must have at least four players different from every other lineup in your 75, uh, your set of 75 here. And then what we can see is that, you know, our player pool is at 126, 126 players at mini uniques of four. When this is at one, it's at 112. So what we're doing is we're, we're adding players to the player pool to meet this mini unique threshold. Uh, we're going to have to get more spread out with our exposure. So we see Javier at 85%, Kershaw at 60%. And then we actually have um, some hitters here up at like 44% with Alex Bregman, Luis Arez and and Jeremy Pena like in the high 30s when we bump this up to four here Javier goes from 85 to below 70 Kershaw goes down ever so slightly here Arez goes from like high 30s to low 30s Bregman goes from 44 to 28 uh so so I think that you know this is is particularly interesting to see uh how how the builder values these players when you put some pressure on it to make these lineups more diverse overall here. So I think that this is one of the easiest ways to get more spread out, but but that does not mean that you're going to get to every single team on the slate. I think, you know, getting back to the original question here, I think it's okay to leave teams out. I think it is okay to not play every team, mostly because there's, there's probably a reason why the builder is not giving you that many lineups of that team here. I think that, you know, Milwaukee and Texas are great examples here. There's only eight lineups with each team in our pool of 623 lineups. That just kind of tells me like, hey, you know, they, they're they're probably just not a good stack today. There are, there are a lot of other good options on this slate uh, for for whatever reason. It's, it's a balance of ownership, mean projection, lineup percentile, you know, all these things come into play in our Sabre score formulas here, which you can go into any one of these formulas and then see what uh, what metrics we are using as part of the formula. But it just tells me, hey, you know, they don't grade out well. Um, th- the other thing here really is that, you know, we, we are playing lineups uh, and, and a lineup can, contains 10 players, right? You can really only play uh, – five five hitters from the same team right so i think that you know if, if you go in here and you try to get one share of texas and one share of of milwaukee here uh you still have to get the other components of that lineup correct right you still have to pick uh good pitchers you still got to pick a secondary stack or secondary hitters right so i i don't think that you know 
having one lineup of, of each team is going to help you to um, in, increase your chances substantially of, of taking down the contest. If that team goes off, probably going to be pretty hard for you to get there uh, w- without more shares of that team overall. But I think that, you know, the bigger picture is that in the context of this slate, these teams are just not the best plays and you should be okay not playing them. And then, you know, if, if they were to go off for, for whatever reason, uh, there's always tomorrow, right? It's, it's daily fantasy sports. We just got to chalk, chalk, the, take the L and uh, move on and, and continue to be process oriented here in our approaches. All right. Uh, that was our first question from support. Good question to get us started today. We'll make sure to get you a timestamp recording of this segment and going to move on to our second question from support. And then we will jump over to the discord from there, followed by the YouTube chat. So we will get to all the questions before the end of the show here. But second question from support says also, is there a way to build to ensure the players who are put into guard flex utility are flexed in for a later tip off? So there's more flexibility with late swap. I feel like I missed the first part of this question. Um, let me, because he said also, so I th- I don't think I got it all. Um, okay, yes. So the first part of this question, just just to answer this all together, was I have two questions about NBA. One is there a way to set a rule or edit a player pool so that a multi-position eligible player. Uh, such as point guard slash shooting guard or shooting guard slash small forward only appears in one position. For example, if I want D'Angelo Russell, who's a point guard slash shooting guard, eligible to only appear in lineups as a point guard and not randomly distributed as a shooting guard, guard, or flex. Uh, Yes. So let's go over to NBA and we will knock out these two uh, different questions here. And I think I clicked on NHL, get it back to NBA. So, so let's say that, you know, we're, we're talking about multi-eligible position players here, right? Um, let's, let's use D'Angelo Russell specifically in this example. So we can see that his eligible positions are point guard, shooting guard, guard, and utility. If you do not want to use him in three of these spots, but only one, what you have to do is go into each of these uh, individual columns here. So there's a point guard column, a shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center guard, Forward utility. These are uh, reflections of what you see for your positions in the DraftKings lineup. So then what you would do is right now we're in the all tab. If I were to say, you know, use 100% of D'Angelo Russell, it could use him across any of these four positions here if we're in the all tab. But let's say that I want to not use him as a shooting guard. I need to go to the shooting guard tab and then change his max exposure to zero and then go to the guard tab, change him to zero, go to the utility spot, and then also change him to zero. So then now the only available spot for him to be put into lineups is in the point guard position where his max exposure is still set to 100. So that means that you know he's eligible to be put in lineups uh, up to 100% at the point guard spot. I think that the, the, the uh, situation here that a lot of users will run into, uh, which, which I just want to kind of warn people against here is making an adjustment to max exposure in one of these, in in one of these um, specific columns here 
but not doing it in the all tap. So like, let's say that, Hey, you know, I don't want more than 50, 50% of D'Angelo Russell. Right. So I'm in the point guard position. I set him to 50% max exposure. That, that, that is only at the point guard spot, right? The builder can say, okay, you know, well, I can only use him 50% here, but I can still use him shooting guard, guard utility. And then when you go into your build, after you run your build and you see that you have a hundred percent D'Angelo Russell and you go, you know, what, what the hell is going on? I thought I set him to 50. Uh, you did not set him to 50 in the all tab. So just make sure that you do that in the all tab. This comes up a lot more often in like NFL where you're, where you're looking, you know, position by position, you're looking at your running backs, you're looking at your receivers, um, you're looking at your tight ends, but then, you know, you set it in that category, but then they can still be put into the flex spot. Right. So I think, uh, NFL is a, is a little bit different in that regard, um, but but we see that a lot more there because players don't have multi position eligibility, but they anybody can be any of these position players can be put into the flex. So just a uh, small note for everybody there. And so so that is how we handle the D'Angelo Russell part. And then getting back to the second part, also is there a way to build to ensure the players who are put into guard? flex utility are flexed in for a later tip off. So there's more flexibility with late swap. So, so we do this automatically. Um, if we are going to use two point guards here and we're going to, or let's say, let's say we want to use uh, three point guards, right? So we we're going to use Jalen Brunson. We're going to use Kyle Lowry, and then we're going to use Steph Curry. Uh, what the builder will do automatically is it will put Brunson and Lowry into the point guard positions and then move curry either to the guard or utility but but one of these flex spots uh here so the builder automatically understands what time the games are at and then it will move the latest starting player to all of these utility flex guard flex type of positions so we we do that automatically for you here all right uh good questions there we'll make sure to get a timestamp recording over to you as well for the answering of those questions and gonna jump over to Discord here and hit this first question from Sammy. Okay, uh, question from Sammy. When grouping for MLB stacks using the if at least X number, then adding the requirements at least X amount from the same team, is it more efficient doing if exactly instead of at least and goes the same by the requirements? Is it better exactly than at least? Thanks, just trying to figure out the best possible way to make certain stack rules for MLB to get the best possible outcomes. Uh, yep, yeah, no problems here. Going to jump over to MLB. So personally, I like at least better. And the reason I like at least, it sounds like you're doing um, an if-then rule. Um, so, so we could talk about it this way, right? So you're saying, you know, I'm going to use a group automatic rule. If at least one, then use at least uh, X. So, so the question is, you know, should we use if at least, or should we use exactly here? And the, the reason I like at least better is because it's a little more flexible. It allows, uh, for, for you to set a, basically a, uh, guardrail threshold where like, Hey, I don't want to go below this number, but I'm okay going above this number. So like, let's say that, uh, we're going to use our rule where, where we try to limit the number of one-offs that we're using or the type of players that we're using in a one-off. So what I would say is if at least one, we're going to group by team, uh, where home runs, we're going to add a stat requirement here. So I'm saying if I have at least one player from a team whose home run expectation is less than uh, 
then use at least two players on the same team that are hitters. So we're saying, hey, the guy doesn't hit a lot of home runs. I want to make sure to use him in at least a three stack here, right? So I'm going to save this as a rule. And then uh, now now this rule is created, right? Uh, if, if you say exactly here, then basically what you're saying is that even if the builder uh, builds a lineup where there are four players or five players from that team, you're saying, Hey, you know, only use three. So you're kind of, you're kind of limiting the ability of correlation and that's not good in baseball, right? We want um, stacks. We want to stack all of these hitter correlations on top of each other and get that compounding effect. Right? So if we go and look at like jazz Chisholm, uh, co- highly correlated to Ares, Soler, Stallings, Birdie, Hampson, Jesus Sanchez, right? All these guys over uh, 0.1 correlation. What you're saying is like if if there's a lineup that has uh, Jazz plus plus four of these other players for a five stack, but you have this rule where saying exactly three, the builder's going to have to get rid of two of those players to satisfy the rule, right? But if you use at least... Um, you might get a three stack, but you also might get a four or a five stack. So this at least version is a little more flexible. I prefer to do that. I am coming from the approach that I do not want to uh, seriously inhibit the builder's ability to build what it perceives to be the best lineups. I just want to kind of guide it in the direction that I want it to go in certain situations. So I think using um, at least or no more than is, is it will always be better than using exactly. I think exactly can be just a uh, very stringent and, and probably not necessary in most cases, but good question there. Uh, next question here in the discord. Question says, what's the difference between percentiles? What is the difference between 25th and 95th? Is one better than the other? What do you suggest? Uh, yeah, no, happy to talk about this. So so basically what this is, um, I'll, I'll talk about this on a player level, and then I'll talk about this on a lineup level here. So if you pull up a range of outcomes, right, you're going to see the range of outcomes for any given player here. Uh, we're going to see Jazz Chisholm. His mean projection is 9.82. But we can see that, you know, he has this – um, his highest outcome is zero points where he goes over three over four over five, whatever. And then he has this tail event to the right here with some outcomes where he gets, you know, over 30 points, probably a multi home run game, uh, does really well. Right. So what we do here is, is, um, if you're on the pro plan, you'll be able to see these percentiles here in the app and you'll see 25th, 50th, 75th, 85th, 95th, and 99th percentile. These are basically, um, a way of visualizing the player's upside. So a 25th percentile, what that means is that um, 75% of the time, this player achieves this, this fantasy point um, in our Sims, right? So, so these are summary statistics of a player's range of outcomes across the Sims. So the easiest way is probably to start from the highest here. So 99th percentile, what this means is that this is the outcome, this is the fantasy points that Jazz Chisholm scores 1% of the time. So if we look at all, you know, 5,000 Sims of the Miami game here, in in uh, in 50 of those, it's 50, right? I think it's 50. In in 50 of those games, he's going to achieve a fantasy, point, a fantasy point outcome of at least 35 points here. And then 
95th would be, uh, you know, 26 points. We're saying, hey, about 5% of the time in the Sims, Jazz gets 26 points. You know, 15% of the time in the Sims, Jazz gets 18 points, et cetera, et cetera here, right? Working backwards. So that that's on a player level. And then if we were to, let's run a build here. And then we'll talk about this on a lineup level. But but lineups lineups get pretty interesting. Lineups get a little more fun here. But but ultimately the same concept. So we're gonna let these lineups run here. Lineups are finishing up and loading in the post build. So then now when we get into the lineup, uh, the post build here, what we have is we also have percentiles here, which you can see uh, the same values here. But these are a little different. These are lineup percentiles. So. What we are doing when we are trying to uh, grade the lineup percentile. So it doesn't make sense to take every player's, let's say, 95th percentile, right? So we're going to go look at 95th percentile. It doesn't make sense to give each player their 95th percentile and then and then sum those up, right? That's, that's not accurate of what is going to happen really here. Uh, what you were doing in that instance is you were taking an outcome that is – 5% likely, so like 1 out of 20. And then you are taking that to the 10th power here and saying that, you know, I want Mania's 1 out of 20th outcome, Javier's 1 out of 20th outcome, uh, the same for Diaz, Wade, all, all these guys, right? And and you're basically uh, creating this this event that is, is highly unlikely to happen. And usually, you know, what happens a lot of time in, in MLB lineups specifically is that you get these mix of 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 scores from hitters like specifically here where it's like uh you know this player did did really well and they got you know 20 25 points and then this guy probably got closer to his mean around seven or eight and, and maybe one guy only got like a walk and a run scored of four but then you know you had this other guy who got uh a home run and and a, and a double right so so you get this you get this mix you get this array of 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 outcomes here not not every player is you know, having their 95th percentile and having some crazy huge score to help you win this contest, right? So uh, to to avoid that, to 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 not do that exercise of giving every player their 95th percentile and adding all those up, what we instead do is, is we look at this combination of players across the SIM database. So it's like, hey, when we look at, uh, at uh, lineups, well, how do I say this? When we look at like slate simulations, with this combination of players, what are the fantasy point outcomes of the lineup as a whole? So what, how we summarize this is this summary statistic down here where it says percentile 95th. Um, so let's start with 99th here. So the 99th percentile of this lineup is 188.47 fantasy points. What that means is like, Hey, when we looked at this combination of players across our slate simulations, uh, this is the fantasy point outcome that they achieved 1% of the time when we looked at them together. And then we do that, you know, for the same buckets of uh, 5% of the time, 15% of the time, 25% of the time, 50% of the time, 75% of the time here. So that is what this is doing. This is a much more accurate representation of how the lineup will score overall here. So we like this a lot better. Uh, we think this is much better than assigning percentiles and then, Adding them up, we are looking at how this combination of players scored across our slate simulations, and we think that gives us a much better accurate representation of the lineup 
uh, of the lineup's upside as a whole here. But really good question. Okay, uh, next question in the Discord, and this is the last question in the Discord. Then we'll be jumping over to the YouTube chat. Question says, how's it going? Use SaberSim late swap today for the first time with MLB. When rebuilding lineups that have already started using my own projections, is there any way to copy the original pitcher exposures that I had previously, or do I need to manually tweak post late swap? Okay, good question. So let's go back to MLB here. Um, this slate hasn't started. We'll just kind of talk about it as as if we are um, late swapping for this slate here. But basically, a uh, couple things with couple things with MLB late swap. I was talking to somebody about this recently. I just I think that th- this is kind of an important uh, discussion here. So when when uh, we have some of these all day slates, you know, some of these lineups aren't out yet. Uh, you you got to go back. You got to go late swap. Uh, guys tend to get more rest or lineups tend to change more on some of these like early day slates, right? Uh, after, you know, kind of like a uh, two games within within a uh, shorter time frame here if they played last night and then they're having a day game and then they're traveling, right? Uh, a lot of times managers will mix up these lineups more. What what I would suggest for handling this is, is really two things. Uh, I think that if you have a lot of time here and, and you know the news with with plenty of time to go before the next set of games start what i would do and you know what i'm gonna need an entries file to demo this so let me just get an entries file for this afternoon slate and i could talk about it because we have to be able to view the contest to see this here so mlb afternoon And I will just enter this quarter cheek box here. All right. So I got an entry for the quarter jukebox. Going to go to my entries tab. Can use the download template file from DraftKings button, which is linked up to DraftKings. If you are signed in on the device that you are using, then that will automatically be able to bring in the uh, CSV for your contest file. So then now I have this contest, right? So if you go to, Build lineups, this late swap will be toggled on automatically once a slate has started. So once we get past this 3.40 p.m. Eastern time up here at the top, the the uh, builder will automatically toggle on late swap for any additional builds that you run after this point. We have this option down here, only late swap, only swap lineups containing out players. So let's say that you had, you know, 150 lineups, but... You had five lineups with some player. Uh, maybe Mike Trout gets a rest day, right? So you have five lineups with Mike Trout. So rather than late swap all 150 of your lineups and have to, you know, redo a lot of the work that you've already done, I I I think it's a lot easier to come into the late swap and then only swap lineups containing out players. This will single out the five lineups that have Mike Trout in our example and only swap those five. So it will not touch all 145 of your other lineups here. So I think that this is a lot, uh, a, a lot better option for MLB. You know, MLB is not like NBA uh, where a player in a game that you might not have even have that much exposure to gets ruled out. And then that just completely changes the slate for NBA. You know what I mean? If, if uh, there's like a late night game and LeBron gets ruled out and AD gets ruled out. And now you have all of this value on the Lakers, MLB is not that way, right? If even if Mike Trout gets rolled out, uh, that's not going to have this 
cascade effect on the entire slate overall, right? So I think you're personally okay using the late swap only lineups containing out players and then maintaining all of the other work that you've done up until that point. But other options here, uh, that that's one option. I think that if you're in a time crunch, what I would always suggest doing is coming in to this uh, quick swap and then just getting that player out of your lineups. And I, I would always use the best from the same team. This is going to maintain the stacks that you have. So let's say that you have, you know, a three stack of the Angels with Mike Trout. He gets ruled out. What best available is going to do is it is going to go in. Uh, it's going to see how much salary you have left. And then it is just going to put in the next highest projected batter that fits. Uh, so let's say that we are looking at Mike Trout. Mike Trout is 6,100 salary here. Then we're going to take him out. Um, let's say that we we used max salary in that build, right? So we we only have 6,100 left. We we don't have any access to these other three guys up here. What it's going to do is just going to put in the next highest projected player at that within that salary threshold, right? So that would be Bo Bichette. So let's say you had five lineups with Mike Trout, or actually it would be it would be Corman Carroll here uh, because he is the next highest projected that I'm seeing here. But but let's let's just say it's Bobichet, right? Um, it is going to put in Bobichet into all of those Mike Trout lineups. It's not going to diversify. It's just going to do a one for one swap with the next highest projected batter. Um, what what best from same team does is that you know this will only look at players within the salary threshold that are on the Angels, and then it will still put in the highest projected. But at least in this situation, you get to maintain your stacks here, right? So the way I envision this is like, hey, I already have some stacks with Renfro, Jury, and Rendon. So then now I have to put in Ward. But then in another lineup, I have a uh, Ward, Rendon, Renfro stack. So then now I got to put in Drury, right? So you get a little more of of this um, natural, like, um, I, I, I don't know how to say it, but, but basically uh, – some of these players are going to be used in different type of stacks. So you might get a little bit better of a mix when doing this best from the same team. And then now you're getting to maintain all of your stacks, right? So your, your three stacks aren't going to two stacks. Your four stacks aren't going to three stacks. You're maintaining the same stacks just with different players, uh, but from the same team, right? So I think that this best from same team, if you're in a pinch, is always a good option here. So um, big, big fan of that tool. And... Where were we here? I feel like I, I feel like I got a little lost in this question. So we're in rebuilding lineups. I've already started using my own projections. Is there any way to copy the original pitcher exposures that I had previously? Or do I need to manually tweak uh, post late swap? So uh, okay. So if you're in a build and you have a build and you want to maintain the exposures that you had uh, before running your next late swap, what I would do is I would go back to this build. And then I would use this little arrow here next to the search bar. And then what you can do from here is, is you have the option to send projections, send exposures, or send both here. Um, what, where projections come into play is if you are like manually tweaking projections here, like up or down, uh, ticking players up or down. I, I would highly recommend doing any of that work in the home screen here. Uh just because this is like a uh, builder input here, really. So what you are, what you are doing is you are adjusting the player's range of outcomes. So so let's say uh, Alex Bregman here, right? 
he, his mean projection is 9.48. Let's say I drop that to 8.5. What I'm doing is I am taking his entire range of outcomes and shifting it to the left. So every time he gets 20 points, now he gets 19. Every time he gets 10 points in the Sims, now he gets nine, right? That is what is happening. I think that that work is better done in the home screen. I think that, you know, sending what, you know, to, 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 to finally answer the question that I have been not answering. Uh, if, if you made specific adjustments to minimax exposures for pitchers here, right? Let's say Javier, you dropped to 75%. Let's say Manaya, you dropped to 45%. Let's say, you know, you want some Kevin Gosman. So you're going to bump him to 15 Merrill, Carroll, Merrill Kelly to uh 15 as well here. Right. And, um, I want to, I want to make this adjustment. What I can do is I can hit send exposures. And then this is going to take the exposures that I have in this post build and then apply them to these players in the home screen as basically an input here. So if I go to pitchers, I'm going to see that, you know, I have Kevin Gosman at 15%. I have Javier at 75%. So all of these values came from that build. So uh, if if you want to maintain those exposures before running your late swap, I think that using the send exposures button from the last build that you used is the easiest way to get that information back to the home screen here. Uh, but but just so you know, that is going to do it for all batters and pitchers and stacks, right? So if you were in this build, like the send exposure is a send all exposures button is, is basically what I'm saying. So if you made adjustments to individual batters, if you made adjustments to team stacks, if you made adjustments to stack types, all of that information is going to be sent as well. So um, what you might want to do here is like come to the all batters tab. I actually don't know if this works. So I'm interested. So what I can do is I can go to all batters and then I can go up to the column header and then use this like master reset button. So let's just say, are you sure you want to reset all player min exposures? I'm interested to see if, if we hit yes here. Um, it's not resetting him. Interesting. I was trying to see if it would work, if it would reset the pitchers, even though we're on the all batters, which I don't know why it's not working. So let me just try max exposure maybe. Okay, so it looks like there's like a little bit of a, of a bug here. Uh, if you ever run into a bug, have, have having issues with the app, go up to the settings drop down in the top right, use a report a problem link, and then just give a brief description of what is happening. This will go straight to our support team, and they'll be able to get back to you here. So what I would say is uh, give them some details is um, when on all batters tab, cannot use master column reset for min slash max exposures. That's that's really all the detail we, we need and we'll be able to take it from there. Uh, but but definitely something buggy going on here. Uh, but but basically you should be able to reset here. You should you could also reset in the cell itself here. So it looks like the cell reset is working just fine. All right. We are through questions in support and Discord. Jumping over to the YouTube chat now. Question from Shane. Shane said, besides showdown, is it ever a good idea to have pitchers versus batters in the same lineup? Also, only one day of tiny profits since opening day. Rest have been losses. Time to toss the towel on MLB, maybe. Okay, so let's go through the first part here. Uh, so I, I would say that, you know, this, what, what we're talking about here is in the build lineups, this allow batters versus a, 
opposing pitchers is toggled off automatically here. So we do not want that because these players are often very highly negatively correlated here. So if we go into a pitcher, we look at Louis Castillo, um, his, you know, all of his highest negative exposures are going to be to Texas batters, right? So we do not want to roster Texas batters generally here when, when Luis Castillo is the pitcher. The only time that this is going to be toggled off really is on small slates. I think if you go over to this two game turbo slate, I think that this will be toggled on automatically here. And I, I, I wouldn't purposely turn this on or off in general here. Um, I think that there is situations where it makes sense. I think this two game slate is, is a fine example here. You know what I mean? Um, it's a, it's a small slate. You know, let's look at our pitchers for this slate. Uh, we have Verlander green at above nine K salary. And then we have a big drop off with, with Kremer and Chirinos here. Right. So really there, there's, there's probably plenty of outcomes here where somebody on Cincinnati, you know, hits a home run, maybe, um, who's a, who's a batter on Cincinnati. Let's say that, you know, Jonathan India hits, it's a home run. Uh, Verlander goes on to throw six innings. Verlander throws six innings, two earned runs and has 10 strikeouts, right? Well, well, those two, those two runs came from somewhere, right? So maybe Jonathan India hits like a two run home run, right? And, and he can get there as part of this lineup on this small slate, right? So, so that's why it's toggled on for these really small slates, but I wouldn't go out of my way to toggle it on unless Saber same is default toggling it on for you here. And then um, on the second part here, uh, you know, doesn't sound like you've had a lot of success over, over like the first month of MLB here. I think that's, you know, pretty, pretty normal. Unfortunately here, um, I would say, you know, it's, it's great to see you here in office hours, trying to get better, trying to ask questions, trying to do something to improve your process. Right. Uh, if you're looking for like a little snapshot of, of what variance looks like, I think that Jordan did this demo uh, a while ago now, but it, but it's still really relevant. So if you go over to the search bar on the YouTube channel, and then just type in variance. And then we're going to have this like uh, highlight here. It says, what does variance after 100 slates look like for a winning player? So what Jordan basically did is that he assumed that a player has a very high uh, long-term expected ROI and basically ran like season sims, I think for MLB here. And there were seasons where the player loses. There were seasons where the player wins. There were seasons where the player breaks even, even if this is a, very, very, uh, like, like two X better than the field type of player, right? Uh, this player is expected to be much, much better than the field and they still have losing seasons. So this video is, is really good. I would highly recommend checking it out. And then, um, aside from that, I would also recommend, you know, making sure that you're following the DFS profit plan. That is kind of what the profit plan is or, or what the intention behind the research for it was for. So if you're looking for like an in-depth breakdown of what the profit plan is, we did a behind the Sims series on it. Uh, it's episodes one through five under podcasts here behind the Sims. But uh, the, the DFS profit plan is a contest selection framework. That is its entire goal is to help you smooth out your variance over time while still allowing you to play lineups that help you to grow your bankroll. So follow the DFS profit plan, uh, check out that variance after 100 slates. Um, I, I encourage you to continue to try and get better, try to ask questions in office hours, in Discord, you know, uh, uh, get feedback from, from other players 
in the community, but but hang in there. And uh, also one one other last note in the behind the sim series where Eric did a lot of back testing on MLB. He said even even the best players like uh, players who have a really high win expectation. I forget what the parameters he used were, but even even a player who we artificially give a much better expectation of winning still only had six to eight profitable days in a 30 to 31 day calendar month here. So, so overall you're going to lose more days than you're going to win. It really only takes that one win to make back all of your losses and then get you that profit that you are uh, waiting out for uh, waiting to achieve. So hang in there and, and keep grinding it out. All right. A uh, question from Ryan and uh, really quickly, uh, Shane said, I will def watch the variance video. Thanks for that. I can plug and play and win where I know nothing like F1, but not MLB, which makes me think it's it's me, not the builder. So, so yes, MLB is uh, definitely tougher. Uh, MLB, you know, you don't get as much soft money playing MLB DFS. That's why you see like some of these very uh, top heavy payout structures. I just don't think that the market for MLB DFS is, is what it used to be. I think that, you know, other sports are, are continuing to grow in the DFS uh, economy, right? Uh, your big sports are NFL, NBA, golf continues to grow. Uh, MMA seems like it was growing for a while until they until they introduced late swap and then kind of hit a little bit of a of, of a plateau. Uh, needs to find some more life here, but but I I don't see MLB DFS growing in the same way uh, as as some of these other sports. Unfortunately, even though I I personally love MLB DFS. All right, question here from Ryan. Looks like we have uh, two questions from Ryan here or comments from Ryan. And then these are our last questions of the show. So if anybody has any last questions, get those in now, but we're going to hit these and see where we go. So Ryan said, I know dime times aren't in the profit plan, but I was able to get over $50 down across the MLB slates today. If you really want to grind and have access to them, I think they are a good attack. Uh, so I I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure that the dime times aren't in the profit plan. Um, I, I think that, you know, what, what you are showing here is a great example. They 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 open dime times like all day long, right? They 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 fill them, they open them, they fill them, they open them. It sounds like you got uh 25 different dime time contests. I've I've heard different opinions about this. Um I've heard opinions from people on the team. I know Jordan's not like a huge proponent of the dime times. I've heard opposite things from people like Shady Advice, who's a very, very uh active user in the discord shady is a uh one of one of the best dfs players out there uh definitely and uh he said that he used used to play a bunch of dime times coming up and building his bankroll so i don't, I don't think that you know the 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 cat is out of the bag on on whether dime times are good or not but i i think that you know there are contests under three dollars and um you should you should be you you should be fine or comfortable playing dime times in in my opinion and then Ryan said, playing the biggest contests in the lobby, even if they are under $3, will have extreme, extreme weekly variance. Yeah, I mean, just just DFS in general. Uh, that, you know, the profit plan is, is to help you smooth out your variance by by picking some lower variance contests, by picking a mix of single entries and three maxes where the number of entrants in the contest is smaller. So you're going to realize your equity quicker as opposed to just playing the largest field stuff where, you know, you might have an edge, but it still might take you a lot of slates to get there, right? And the variance... In, in in between that time frame can be really really swingy right so just trying to find a balance um and and figure out 
uh, what the best mix of contests to play, which is it was ultimately our goal with that research. All right, everybody. It looks like we're all caught up in the YouTube chat and across all the other uh, question question formats that we accept here. So appreciate everybody tuning in here. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, we will be right back tomorrow for our next show. But if you guys are not playing on over on Owner's Box, highly recommend it. The contest can need to overlay. The contests tend to be softer. A lot of the best players are not playing over on Owner's Box yet. So take advantage of that while you can. Use code SABER and cash in on a $500 deposit bonus. And then if you also use code Saber or SaberSim, we will track your entry fees and you can win free months of SaberSim uh, standard, SaberSim Pro or SaberSim Prop plan for hitting different entry uh, thresholds here. So every time you hit a threshold, we'll reach out to you, ask you if you want to cash in or wait to hit the next tier here. And then once you cash in, we, we will reset uh you're tracking to zero and then you could continue to earn free months as many as you can. So uh, make sure you're playing over on owner's box. If you guys are building lineups throughout the day, have a question, drop it in the office hours channel, let it sit there until tomorrow. That gets us a steady queue of questions to answer as we get this show going. But until then, take care. Good luck in your contest. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.